Hello, here we are again, and um, today is October 31st, uh, Halloween, in other words. And, uh, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, but by the time this airs it will probably be mid-November or something. But um, in that case, when you're listening to this, this will be a nostalgic throwback to Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> um, because... Um, the topic of our conversation today is vampires. Mm. Yes, that's right. And um, about vampires, I've heard that there is this book that was published in the 1800s about a vampire, and it's uh, apparently it's pretty well known. Um, <laughs> it's called. Dracula, have you heard of it? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Hmm, I hear it's quite good. Uh, yeah. No, I, I think um, there would be no podcast if we couldn't talk about Dracula. Indeed. It's uh, the most iconic vampire there ever lived. And I think uh, the entire genre of... Uh, or or the, the tendency to, to use vampires in storytelling has come from... A long tradition that started with uh, the character of Dracula. Yeah, in a way, of course, although I think there were vampire stories before Dracula and, you know, the whole thing is based in, in myths that go back maybe even thousands mm -hmm. of years, I don't know. There's lots of theories about that. Yeah. Um, I don't want to focus on that. I think we can all say that we can all agree that Dracula is sort of you know, the quintessential vampire that started the whole the whole craze yeah I think the I think Bram Stoker is the one who made it uh, popular exactly the exactly. idea of a vampire it's also and a very fascinating idea actually uh, for a character I think pre Bram Stoker vam vampire was simply seen as a monster something that mm -hmm. lurks in the night that uh, drinks people's blood you know, a straightforward creature. But um, I think the brilliance of Bram Stoker is that he made it more psychological mm -hmm. and he made the vampire actually a kind of an attractive character. Yeah, um, and also a more sophisticated yeah. uh, being. Uh, one that is kind of interested in high culture. Yeah. And yes, and it made sort of the embrace of the vampire something that is tempting yeah and uh, the whole theme of temptation and seduction surrounding vampires started there I think yeah and it always remained actually so I, it's I played a so. very important role in uh, in vampire stories yes yes I think my love for vampires started in when I was a teenager when I read these uh, books from a Dutch writer uh, Paul van Loon and he was kind of obsessed with vampires. Um, and he was really so much into vampires that he kind of built his own image around it. He, he was always wearing sunglasses. He was, he was kind of pale. He always wore this, uh, this leather jacket, a black leather jacket. And he also wrote the Vampire Manual, which was about um, how do you recognize a vampire? What are its main qualities and characteristics. Uh, how do you defeat it? How do you defeat it, yeah. It's a strange thing, isn't it, that um, he, he made vampires accessible to, to kids, really. Yeah. 
but they were always kind of creepy to me that's that's mm. what i loved about the stories but they were essentially creepy stories mm. uh, vampires back then were not the the sympathetic characters actually they, they kind of had this mystery built around them but they were never really good characters no no they, they were pure evil they they, they originally i i think um well from dracula and then you know the that early nosferatu movie um silent movie from the the 1920s i think was very creepy yeah um the the character of the vampire was something that lurks in the night that you you don't know where it is when it will come something you fear and it's i think it's strange and and interesting to see how over the years vampires much like dragons come to think of it mm -hmm. have more and more been cast in a sympathetic role um right. look at uh, the interview with the vampire books by anne rice yeah. for example where the vampire is more of like a victim of the circumstances and he doesn't really want to be a vampire and at first he tries to only drink animal blood but then he he can't stop himself and he, he drinks human blood after all and he feels guilty and <laughs> it's very yeah right i have this very far-fetched uh, theory that that uh, vampires were this kind of sim symbol for lust and sin and temptation and that um over the years as our society kind of paid more attention to our little pleasures and and kind of became more decadent that uh, vampires no longer have this play this part of something bad that is also very tempting and beautiful but that is kind of sympathetic and understandable as well and accessible that's disturbing but I think you're right. Um, I would even go so far as to say that I think with Bram Stoker, Dracula was an, an antichrist type of character. In a way, you sort of, you know, an anti Jesus, an antichrist, because Dracula says, drink my blood and live forever. Right. Kind of a reverse of the, yeah. the Eucharist. Yeah. So. And Bram Stoker being a, a good Catholic, uh, I believe. I think it was no coincidence that those themes were in there. And that gives a, a certain subtlety and uh, mm -hmm. significance to the vampire character uh, in Dracula that I think maybe we've underestimated and we kind of lost it over the years. Yeah, I kind of really like the, the early vampire stories in which uh, vampires were still this pure evil that you had to resist mm. which kind of made it a, a, a trial a, a story of of decency of virtue of fighting against right uh, temptation of evil right yeah I think Anne Rice tried to do that a little bit from the point mm -hmm. of view of the vampire yeah but I think it's it's a bit sad that there's never been a really really good adaptation of Dracula by which I mean you had many, many Dracula movies mm -hmm. with Bela Lugosi, with Christopher Lee. Even and parodies. <laughs> yeah, and, and some of them were definitely good, uh, others were not. But none of them really followed the story as it is in the novel. Until we came to the 1990s and you had Francis Ford Coppola and he made an adaptation. And it, in a way, it's the most faithful to the book. Except for one thing, it completely destroys the themes of the book. 
mm. and turns it into this very modern uh, sort of take on you know the 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 AIDS epidemic etc that was you know a big uh, big issue in the 90s and um, and that moves it far away from what Dracula was originally really all about mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's too bad because the film is is interesting it has some very interesting elements the music is great but um, ultimately it falls flat for me because of that and that's yeah. sad because I, I really like Gary Oldman as an actor and yeah, too bad. There really is something about the traditional vampire that's that's really exciting and and interesting as a concept. Like it cannot see its own reflection, mm-hmm. it has to drink blood. It's really a fascinating concept to use and it's it's I think it's logical that people are still using it and have kind of made their own interpretation of it, but I still love that vampire that sleeps in a coffin and that uh, doesn't turn up uh, during the day the, the yes. typical characteristics the one uh, who hates garlic and <laughs> <laughs> yeah the garlic thing has always been a bit random to me but i'm sure there's some reason for it but i think it's just a, 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 Wait, a new age and spiritual isn't, isn't it that way of chasing mosquitoes away mosquitoes hate garlic also and they also suck blood isn't that that's isn't true, that true yeah that's true if you eat a lot of garlic the chances are high that the mosquito will just pass on you and ah. and go to and go look for another victim so there's some certainly some truth to it <laughs> of course it's uh, it's inspired by the the bat right yeah the and vampire also bat by Vlad uh, Tepesh yeah and that's one thing i did like about the movie Coppola's movie Although I didn't like the whole reincarnation theme that was in there because I think it, that that's something that Bram Stoker would not have liked. Uh, but um, but uh, what I did like is that he did connect uh, the the figure of Vlad Tepes mm-hmm. uh, to Dracula more directly than was the case in the book. You know, Bram Stoker said that uh, the character was inspired by Vlad Tepes, but that never really makes an appearance mm-hmm. in the book. In the movie, you see the whole tragic backstory of uh, of Vlad and how that how he became Dracula, and and I like that. I do like origin it's historic stories. element. Yeah. yeah, that's what I loved about the the new movie. Right, uh, uh, the one with Bard the yeah. Bowman. Uh, yeah. yeah, Dracula Untold. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. I really like that one also. Although it also seems to continue this bizarre reincarnation theme at the end. Uh, yeah, that's the one thing I didn't really like about it, that it, it kind of, the story kind of continues in the present, mm. which doesn't really make sense since the, yeah. the book talks about the, the 18th century, I, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, with Mina, yeah. So that was kind of weird, but I think what the, the movie does do uh, right, I think, is that uh, it represents vampirism as a, a kind of curse. It's mm. kind of a necessary evil that he chooses to embrace for a, a short period of time yeah. to save his people. It, it does guy. once more come down to the, the, the human, uh, humanization of the vampire, yeah. making him more accessible and understandable. But at the same time, it recognizes that vampirism is is pure evil and in that way i think that movie makes the theme of seduction of temptation which is inherent to vampires yeah uh brings it you know in a new way um because it's not it's not about you know sexual temptation as in most 
vampire stories mm-hmm. it's about um, power it's yeah it's about power and and in a and in a way that is very relatable the power to protect your loved ones mm-hmm. so and it's also also something that's very a very traditional aspect of a vampire is that he's very powerful in mm. in two ways he is physically very strong but he can also manipulate uh, yes. people yes and i think therefore the the best best vampire characters are very charismatic they're not just these uh, you know goons with fangs so i think yeah the more charismatic the vampire the better and um, you, there are all kinds of ways to do this uh, i w- do you remember the show buffy the yeah, vampire slayer buffy the vampire slayer yeah i i've watched it uh, entirely all seasons that was very popular uh, during the 90s yeah yeah um I watched it, but I quit somewhere in season five because I just couldn't stand it anymore. It didn't really get better as the as the seasons progressed. No, very few shows do. <laughs> I don't think any any series does actually Not get often. better. <laughs> um, Not often. But um, yeah, but I really like that. This is um, this is something where where we have a different opinion, which is nice because um, I've heard the comment <gasps> that we we agree a lot on things. Um, you have a different opinion. Uh, yeah, I, I really don't like Buffy. I have to call my lawyer. <laughs> and but you do, so I'll let you uh, have the word. Well, I, I do agree that um, as as the series progresses, it kind of it kind of doesn't progress it it, it, <laughs> it, regresses. it gets worse yeah <laughs> it gets worse although i do really like the the musical episode i yeah that was I, I funny it was really funny and and it was really cool yeah that's, it, it's also I, I i can't stand just wedding so that's <laughs> probably another aspect like you have this visceral dislike of julia roberts <laughs> i have that with just wedding but, but it's well it's not really him it's his it's the stuff he makes but okay yeah. yeah I think Buffy is one of the few things that he he did really well at the beginning well he didn't do it alone of course hmm. there was an entire team um, of people who worked on it uh, I, I thought the character of Buffy was really cool although mm-hmm. later on she kind of becomes a whiny kind of teenager uh, I, I think such a he, hard life I think he, he, he sort of completely um, destroys a character and yeah. humiliates yeah. Buffy uh, yeah he does and uh, I, I thought that was awful like she gets some kind of sex addiction uh, when she has a kind of relationship if you can call it like that with Spike and she becomes this promiscuous girl who is the chosen one to kill vampires but who also kind of cannot stop herself from loving them and but, yeah, but I, th- I think there are some interesting themes in Buffy as well so um, and and they also play with the idea that uh, the idea of vampires starting to try to resist their nature and 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 act like good guys and it kind of resulted in the spin-off uh, Angel too afterwards, mm. which I didn't really. Yeah, finish. for me, Buffy is sort of um, the beginning of these modern vampires mm-hmm. that I really just I I hate that stuff. 
<laughs> I really do. Um, also the sparkly ones. Isn't it amazing that we made it this far without mentioning sparkly vampires? Well, we mention it now. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, I, I, I don't dislike Twilight that much. I, I Actually, I dislike Buffy a lot more than, than Twilight. Oh, you do? Well, I, I did uh, really dislike Twilight when I, when I watched the movies. I thought the first one was pretty decent and it was interesting because it was new. Uh, then the second one was embarrassingly awful. The third one, uh, yeah. The second one was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, they were so bad, they were good. Uh, I think Rift Tracks did a couple yeah. of episodes on on, on, Yubu, uh, on YouTube, which you should definitely yeah. watch. They were hilarious. Um, then it kind of became a bit better again. And then the, the last... A uh, book mm -hmm. that was um, done in two parts, I think. The the movies, movie, yeah. yeah, were split. Yeah. The first movie was completely dull. Yeah, that was that was really bad. But then the the last one was refreshingly was refreshingly good. Actually, I was kind of surprised. So I think yeah. maybe this would have would have turned out a, a good story if if uh, Stephanie Meyer had made it a, a trilogy. Mm. Now it was. Yeah. It felt like it was taking too long. I feel that there are good elements in Twilight, but it's it's a net loss for me. Mm. Uh, on the whole, it's uh, it, in the end it's not good, but well, there are good things in it. Afterwards, I I kind of I listened to the audiobooks because some of my friends really said, "Oh, you have to give it a chance," and the books are so much better. So I listened to the books, and what I really thought was interesting, especially for, for teenagers, is um, for a change, these, these books are actually about chastity and saving yourself for the, your true love. And Which is probably why a lot of people hate it so much. Yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> but it was, it, it's different, so yeah. I kind of I understand why it's become such a big thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, uh, I think that's um, that's actually not a bad message, and I think using vam a vampire to to present that to a modern yeah. audience is interesting because the vampire is very old mm -hmm. and he comes from a different time. Uh, I mean, he he looks young, of course, because right. he's a vampire, uh, but he's still got the the um, the morals of an older society that wasn't as deeply corrupted as ours is. And it is handsome, and yeah. he brings these traditional values back into a modern world, which makes him kind of mysterious and exotic. So, I completely understand why teenage girls would completely fall for that. And actually, I I like that aspect of it. Um, what I do not like, and I think a lot of people will agree with me on this, is um, the sparkliness. Um, the problem with that is that the that vampirism as such is presented as something nice yeah something beautiful yeah well you can actually see that um the entire family of edwards they are really trying to deal with the fact that they're cursed and they they are drinking animal blood and they restrain from drinking people's blood they really want to be the good guys and it takes effort and, and you can see that in in the story that 
Um, they really have difficulty uh, resisting the temptation of, of drinking human blood. Yeah, yeah. Well, is... I thought that was hilarious in the first movie when um, when Edward has to sit next to Bella in class and it <laughs> looks like he's almost throwing up in his mouth. But it turns out that's because he wants her so badly that um, he's it going crazy nauseous. inside. But yeah, it, it looks like it's she not, made him puke. It's not the the <laughs> first and last time that people get nauseous in that movie. It's like Kristen no. Stewart is nauseous all the time. She's very good at... at um, Playing nauseous. <laughs> yeah, having that expression. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why the, the some people really dislike the movies. Uh, there's a lot of things wrong with them in, in terms of storytelling too, but... yeah. In, uh, in the Vampire Diaries, the struggle between good and evil is kind of represented between the two brothers. The one is desperately struggling with his nature and he wants to be a good guy and the other one is like, embrace the vampirism and right. be bad. A bit like uh, Louis and Lestat in uh, Interview with the Vampire. Exactly. So yeah, and uh, did you like that, that show? It was uh, it was okay. I, I never finished it, but um, it was cute. It had a nice love story, but overall, I'm more into the really creepy vampire kind of stuff, not the best friend vampire. Yeah, I I, I couldn't bear to watch uh, Vampire Diaries. That's totally not my thing. I'm a Dracula guy. I'm old-fashioned. I'm yeah. Yeah, I prefer the creepy, dark vampire that keeps me up at night and makes me want to check uh, underneath the bed uh, kind of vampire too. Yeah, exactly. And there has to there have to be castles and moats and and bats and and creepy forests. And dark corners and cobwebs and shadows. I agree. And, and I've gloves. I've got the impression in these modern vampire stories that they kind of they mock that. They they seem to think that it's cooler to have Vampires with sunglasses and what have you, but uh, I don't think so. An interesting take on vampires is what they did in the role-playing game World of Darkness. Well, World of Darkness is the general setting, mm -hmm. and then they made various games within that. The most popular one being Vampire the Masquerade. And um, they made a video game out of that. Um, back in 2004, I believe, mm -hmm. and that was a really good, interesting uh, role-playing game. I, I, I said before I don't like modern vampire stuff. I generally don't like modern stuff, but um, that was a modern uh, video game, and it's in, set in modern times, and I did like that. Um, they, you play as a vampire, and it, you know, it is from the viewpoint of the vampire. Mm -hmm. But it really sort of um, makes it very interesting, the whole experience of having to, you know, find people and drink their blood to stay alive. You know, you get more power if you drain them completely, but then you also lose some humanity, you become yeah. more evil. So, or you can just drink a bit and then run away. Um, so yeah, they, they really did show you what it would be like to actually be a vampire living among people like orcs vampires are also um, used a lot in, in fantasy uh, settings fantasy stories fantasy games that's true 
uh, for example, in Skyrim, <laughs> there's this uh, this um, side quest, this uh, DLC, Dawnguard, which is right, completely yeah. uh, about uh, vampires, which is completely awesome as well. And in that quest line, you can uh, choose to become a vampire. You can either become a, a simple vampire or you can become a master vampire with a lot of perks and extras. Yeah, yeah, and you had a companion, Serana, who is you know, another case of a, a likable, sympathetic vampire. She doesn't want to be a vampire mm -hmm. also. Not necessarily. She didn't choose for it. Yeah, and her father is kind of this Hitler extremist kind of guy who wants everyone to turn into vampires and to he, pluck he the sun forever. He reminded me more of a Magneto from the X-Men, sort yeah. of. He, so I'm cursed with this, everyone should be cursed with this. Yeah, because this is awesome and the world should adapt to my condition and I shouldn't adapt to the, the rest of the world. Yeah, so that was an, that was an interesting uh, quest. Yeah, an interesting storyline as well. I thought what they did with it was... Uh, it was new, mm -hmm. but it still had traditional vampires. Also, the the dangers that come along with it. Yes, uh, vampires, by the way, are also in Tolkien's work in the Silmarillion. Um, there, uh, there is talk of vampires in the story of Beren and Luthien. There's a, a very prominent uh, vampire present there. So. Um, and, and, and Tolkien also represents them as, as um, beings that can change into these giant bats. So the, the link with, with bats is always present. Yeah. And it's probably mostly because, well, the vampire bat does exist. Mm -hmm. It doesn't drink human blood and it's actually quite small. But it does, it does drink blood of cattle and... Um, and it does look kind of creepy. Yeah. You see it in a closer. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we, we've mentioned quite a few uh, ways that uh, vampires um, are shown in stories, um, sometimes sympathetically. Another thing that I've noticed, uh, and lots of people have noticed this, is that um, vampires are often used in contrast with werewolves. Yeah, right. Which is another creature that has this whole backstory in folklore. Uh, mostly Slavic, I think. There are, of course, uh, a number of resemblances. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah, definitely. Um, both creatures are bestial. They're 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 animal-like mm -hmm. creatures. They are nocturnal. They they come out at night, and they are both supernatural creatures that uh, that feed on human beings in yeah. a way. So they're, they're physically strong as well. So they they're yeah. kind of a, a threat. So it makes sense that you would um, you would connect the two. Also, you know, um, by the way, werewolves are also in Tolkien um, and also in Baron and Luthien, <laughs> but they're on the same side. Uh, werewolves and vampires are all evil creatures on the side of uh, Morgoth. Later on, it's become quite popular to have this sort of animosity between vampires and werewolves, make them. Like in the Underworld movies, mm -hmm. for example. And I think the reason is because they are similar, but there's also a contrast. They, there's also a, a clear distinction between them. Yeah, the werewolves are kind of rougher and less civilized. Yeah, they are. I mean, whereas the vampire is often, you know, this um, 
sort of uh, a sexy lady or a, or a sort of suave guy. Yeah, like um, in Twilight, they listen to Debussy and... Uh, the werewolves, you know, they're hairy, they're big, they're, they're brutish. Uh, yeah, they're, they're often cast as the semi-good guys as well, the protectors of nature. And I thought what Stephanie Meyer did uh, with the werewolves in Twilight was kind of interesting because she linked the Native American culture with the werewolves. Mm. Which kind of made sense to me because they they have these uh, wolves as as totems anyway. So I think that's in World of Darkness as well. Yeah, um, the whole idea of werewolves um, being connected to uh, you know um, Native American culture. And when it comes to uh, the symbolism, what I think is interesting about the contrast um, between werewolves and vampires is that werewolves are kind of created by accident bitten by another werewolf. He doesn't have control over his curse. Uh, he, he turns into a werewolf at night uh, at the, when, it's, when there's a full moon. But he's actually human and mm. it's kind of a, a schizophrenic situation. Yeah, yeah. Where he doesn't control his alter ego that goes around killing at night and he doesn't remember uh, one bit of it when he wakes up. Which is kind of an interesting contrast with the vampires. What I always uh, thought was interesting about vampires is that they were sired. Um, when you got bitten by a vampire, in most stories you don't just turn into a vampire. Mm. You have to be chosen and sired. You yes. have to want to become a o vampire. Often you have to choose for it yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and that, that, that made the Dracula Untold movie interesting, in my opinion. And that naturally makes it feel like it's more evil because mm. you make the choice of taking on a curse um, in exchange for power right or, um, or um, eternal life right whereas the werewolves usually you don't choose to be a werewolf it just happens yeah that makes sense I hadn't thought of that 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 might be why vampires tend to be more often the evil guys and werewolves more often at, at least semi good guys yeah uh, yeah because okay, they kill, but when they wake up uh, after a horrible night, they usually don't remember and they don't want to kill. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. We've talked quite a bit about vampires, about the, the themes behind vampires. Do you think that there's still room today for new vampire stories or do you think that the, the, the whole thing has been milked too much? Well, maybe a couple of months ago I would have said um, there have been too many vampires lately. But um, since there are so many superhero movies, uh, that feeling kind of faded away. I think vampires are really awesome. And you can do a lot of things with them. It's, it's a very interesting concept. And there's still fantasy stories with orcs. So why wouldn't there always be fantasy stories with vampires? You can always kind of twist it a bit, um, make it a bit more original without really violating the, the traditional concept of what a vampire is. Yeah, there are lots of people who feel that, uh, for example, um, Twilight did that, that they didn't respect what the vampire really is. I'm not sure. I mean, you could say that about Buffy, you could say that about Interview with a Vampire. Where do you draw the line? It's kind of hard to say. But I do think that a vampire is something that will always be around and 
maybe I don't want to be too sort of Freudian about this, but I think it will always represent some aspects of ourselves or of our society that we don't really want to talk about directly. And um, I think that's why these days vampires are very often the good guys. And uh, take that as a comment on, <laughs> on society, if you will. <laughs> okay. So, anything else you want to add? No, I am actually just really curious about uh, our listeners' opinion about vampires. Do they love uh, vampires and stories? Uh, what do you like about them? Do you think they should respect the traditional concept of a vampire? Or do you think they can do original things with it? Have you perhaps written a vampire story? Or would you want to write one? Uh, that's a lot of questions that you can you can answer in the comment section, if you like. Yes, definitely, definitely. Okay, so that's all for us for today. Uh, we'll be back next week with more um, storytelling material. All right. So that was our discussion for this week. If you are watching this or listening to this on YouTube, uh, please subscribe, like, comment, all of that is good. And of course, you can find our own audio dramas, our own stories uh, on audio-epics.com. There is also the Audio Epics Facebook page, and we are also present on Twitter. Talk to you next week.